Good morning, good evening, whoever you are, and welcome to House Seed Production Gospel Blog Talk Radio. We are in the process of recording uh, several interviews today in the situation of uh, criminal justice. Our first case that we will bring on will be Timothy Barr. Um, he's in a Allentown, Pennsylvania correctional facility, has been sinister three uh he has not been sentenced, and he's been locked up for three years. And um, we will be talking to his mother, uh, Cassie Taylor. And then we will also will be talking to uh, Lydia M. Berry, serving a life sentence. And we'll be talking to um, her and the family. She's in a Greenwood correctional facility in Greenwood, Mississippi. We will also be talking to James Maritone. Uh, he's been locked up for two years in a case um, involving battery and divorce and also um, involving a uh, police officer. And we will be um, also talking to, talking to his wife as well. Okay, okay. Um, also, uh, Alexander LaShawn Behon, uh, uh, he's serving three life sentences plus 40 um, for accessory to murder, bank robbery. Uh, he's been incarcerated ever since he was 17 years old. Uh, he's 40 years old. We will be talking to his mother and family members. Um, we will be getting um, the institution in California where he is. And um, those are the four cases that we'll be talking to through Dr. Michael McCorvio, the National Association of Black Defenders, dealing with criminal justice and justice for inmates that are incarcerated. Um, Dr. McCorver, would you mind speaking about those uh, four cases, uh, starting with Lydia Berry? Yes, um, Brother Howard. Uh, starting with Lydia Berry case, uh, Lydia was uh, uh, accused almost 18 years ago of uh, the murder of her daughter. And it never took place, never happened. Uh, this was a... It happened by a fr a family member that actually committed the crime and placed it on Lydia. Uh, Lydia uh, testimonial testimonial was on the air with us uh, several months ago, almost a year ago now, and she testified to the fact that she had nothing to do with uh, the murder of her baby, and that uh, this fa particular family member uh, actually placed all the blame on Lydia. So we will be interviewing Lydia Berry and talking to her today about uh, the incident and also her family from across the globe will be on the uh, media with us to talk about uh, the Lydia Berry case. This is a case where uh, justice has not been served in this case and we're looking for justice uh, in an unjust case. And we're asking uh, for the family to uh, continue to pray as uh, the National Association of Black Defenders 
uh, who has the case now in federal court. Uh, a federal habeas corpus has been filed. Uh, we're waiting on a uh, hearing from the federal judge out of uh, Mississippi. Uh, we, uh, the federal judge is out of green with Mississippi, um, and we hopefully will uh, have a new hearing for her very shortly. Uh, the paperwork was, uh, was filed back in um, November of this year, and uh, we're looking for relief uh, for on this federal habeas corpus for Miss Lydia Berry. Okay, James Maritone. All right, James Maritone. Mr. Maritone is uh, housed in the state of uh, Florida, uh, Port St. Lucie County. And um, Mr. James, also known as Jim uh, Jr., we'll be talking to both the dad and the son in this interview. Uh, James Jr. is the one that we'll be uh, actually dealing with. Uh, James Jr. has also been uh, diagnosed with, uh, um, I'm going to call the name of the situation he's diagnosed with, autism. And uh, James has been uh, suffering while being incarcerated because he's been beaten several times by the uh, officers at the correctional institution that he's, uh, the detention center that he's at in Port St. Lucie. Uh, not only that, but this is a horrific uh, case where uh, the officers that was involved actually took their own life uh, on different occasions throughout the process of this situation. And uh, because of their involvement in uh, of, the, of the case and what all that was involved in this case, dealing with James uh, Marchon Jr., uh, his mother will be on the line with us, Miss uh, 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 Marton, and his father, uh, James Marton Sr., would also be on the line with us during this interview. Okay. Um, Alexander LaShawn Behorn. Alexander LaShawn is um, behind, uh, behind him, is doing a Three licenses, plus 40 years, unheard of. In the state of, right now he's, he's incarcerated uh, by the, the uh, Bureau of Prisons in the state of California. They moved him to the state of California. Uh, this young man was sentenced back in uh, 1982, November 22nd, by Judge William Steele of Mobile, Alabama. And uh, Judge Steele gave him the max. And all he could give him without examining the facts, that this was just accessory to the facts. But they wanted to play, place the blame on someone because uh, drugs was involved. And uh, the sentence is a ridiculous sentence. Uh, there was also uh, robbery and murder that was involved, but none of this took place by Mr. Bohanian. Uh, the mother of Mr. Bohanian... And the aunt of Mr. Bohanian and the uh, other family members will be on the line with us talking about the case and all that took place in this case. Uh, correction, it'll be the grandmother that will be on here with us as well. So uh, we're looking forward to talking to the family about this particular case, what all took place, what happened, 
uh, how did he get end up with three life sentences plus 40 and how the courts have never entertained any of his motions for his freedom inside of the Federal Bureau of Prison. Okay, thank you, Dr. McCorvey, for that update. Um, a little bit of information. Lydia Barrier, we interviewed uh, um, a couple of years yes. back. Um, our internet is down, so we can't replay what we did on that interview. But this will be our um, an update interview with Lydia Barrier. Uh, James Marton, we have never interviewed him before. This will be our first time. Uh, Timothy Barr. This will be our first time interviewing him as well. And last but not least, Alexander LaShawn Behan. We will be interviewing. That's four cases for today. And um, we hope that we will be able to get some information to the public on each one of these cases. We want to thank uh, Dr. Michael McCorvey and the folks there at NAB and the National Association of Black Defenders in, uh, in regards to... Uh, prison reform and criminal justice and some of the situation involving these cases. Dr. McQuarrie, um, we expect to get started around 10 a.m. Central Standard Time with the Lydia Barrier case, which will be first, and then we will take the other three cases as they come. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to a lineup this morning of uh, interviews. Our first interview this morning is with the Lydia Berry family out of uh, Mississippi and Kentucky. Hold on one second. We're getting ready. To ready? Yeah, we're here. Waiting on you. All right. Here's the music in the background. Ready for you to bring them on. Uh, we're there on. They're on. We're now with the Lydia Berry family this morning. Coming to you live from Housey Gospel Radio and the National Association of Black Defenders this morning. Uh, we're glad to have this opportunity to, to interview the family. Uh, Ms. Lydia Berry is supposed to be coming on the line with us as well uh, from the uh, Greenwood Correctional Institution there in Greenwood, Mississippi. But right now, we're so glad to have these families on with us this morning. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Ms. Uh, Gladys, if she don't mind, to... Uh, introduce everyone uh, um, that we have on, on the line with us. As you all know, Lydia Berry is serving a life sentence uh, for a capital murder for a crime that she did not commit. And uh, we're just uh, elated that we have her on the line with us, this uh, the family on the line with us this morning, uh, to talk, not only talk about the situation, but also we're getting ready to go to court on this situation under the 2254 Federal Hague. So uh, uh, at this particular time, we're going to ask the family to come on, and, and uh, if they want to, uh, I'm going to ask uh, the family members, if they want to talk about this morning uh, how Lydia is, is faring. Uh, she's served already uh, 18 and a half years uh, inside the uh, facility of the uh, Department of Correction uh, in Mississippi, and we want her to, the family to, Come on and just uh, tell us how Lydia is doing right now and also uh, their input on the crime that she was accused of. Family. All right, the family of Miss Lydia Barry is on with us this morning. And we want the family to just kind of tell us, uh, talk about the uh, crime that Lydia was accused of and 
Also, um, how she's doing faring that she has spent almost 18 and a half years in prison behind a crime that she did not commit. Go ahead, family. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You got the floor. Marlena, go ahead. What am I supposed to be addressing? Well, basically, uh, we want to know how she's doing, Miss uh, Lydia Berry. She's been incarcerated now a little over 18 and a half years. Uh, we want to know her, how, her, how she's faring. Uh, we understand that the courts does have a motion and now for uh, federal habeas corpus. And we just want to uh, kind of uh, regress ourselves on uh, her condition, uh, her incarceration, her being accused of a crime that she didn't commit. Because we're running this for uh, the courts as well as for Radio Land. How see Gospel Radio is with us this morning with the National Association of Black uh, Black Defenders. Thank you this morning. And Marlena, go right ahead and uh, we'll start with you. Well, Lydia was accused of a crime she didn't commit. Um, she's been in there for 18 years. She's doing fairly well, you know, as to be expected when you're in there for something that you didn't do. Um, I don't know exactly the bullet points that they're looking for as far as her health. She's had a lot of health issues since she's been in there. Um, I don't really know. Mom, you can shine a little more light on it. I mean, as far as the questions, whatever questions they need to ask, ask, I mean, answer, then I can try to jump in. Okay. As far as her health goes. She has a uh, she has a problem with her uterus. Uh, she got a problem with her uh, breast. She's had a, uh, she's been having them to try to address the knot that she has in her breast, but they have not as yet. She's got a problem with her wrist. Um, she's got uh, she has uh, breathing problems at times. Uh, Lydia could probably tell you more about her situation than. than uh, we can. I just know the the high, highlight points, and she swells a lot. So uh, that's what I could tell you uh, as far as her health wise. Okay. She uh, is. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Mm, oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Miss Miss Gladys. Uh huh. We we have been uh, constantly praying about uh, Lydia's health and everything. And uh, also about this situation because she's been in there now for uh, quite some time on a crime that she didn't commit. Can you just give us a highlight of that situation all over again? I hate to, to, to do this this morning, but I believe that everybody needs to know uh, the highlights of the crime that they were accused of, okay? Okay. okay. Well, okay I, can, I can do that part, yeah. Um, Lydia came... I forgot exactly the year um, since she's been in there 19 and a half years. I'm pretty sure you can go back through the list um, to know exactly the exact dates. But she was in there because she was visiting me at the time. And I lived in um, Litchfield, Kentucky. But she had already had taken my son and the little girl that she was accused of sister for two weeks. That he was bringing those two kids back. And then the mother of the child, Brandy, came and asked um, Lydia if they knew anybody, that, well, if she could watch Beja until um, she could do something with the other two kids because she 
the babysitter at the time that she had had her with was accused of uh, molesting Deja. And also her brother was supposedly accused of molesting Beja at the time. At this time, the mother didn't really have the child because the stepsister had the child more than the mother had the child at the time. So she didn't really know what was going on with her own child either. So when Lydia picked up the child, the child, you know, was kind of quiet. Um, she had a few bruises on her arms and everything, but we didn't notice anything severely. But we did tell uh, Lydia that if, you know, anything went wrong, to continue to call, and we would get Brandy to come and get her. Well, at that time... When um, all of this had occurred and the little girl kept getting sick, Lydia kept calling and asking us to get the mother. At one point, uh, my husband had went to try to find Brandy. They had found Brandy. I had called Brandy several times to come and pick up her child or to meet Lydia to get her child during the time that Lydia had her. And Brandy would make excuses and or she couldn't be found to go get her child at the time. Or she would say her tire broke down and we would try to make preparations to meet them halfway. But Brandy didn't want to meet them halfway. She kept saying that she had to work this, that and the third. And at this point that she was wanting to go get the child, it was already too late. The child had been sick in Mississippi. We had been telling Brandy that the child needed to have medical assistance and that she needs to sign some waivers so that Lydia could take the child to the doctor because Lydia didn't have a license at the time. And she had to depend on her um, husband at that time to take the little girl to the doctor. And he failed to do so, even though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, even though Lydia at the time, you know, was telling him that he needed to take her to the doctor or help her to take her back home. Um, Derek refused several times to he said that he wasn't going to do anything for the child. The mother had to find a way to come and get the child. And all of that responsibility laid on Lydia. Lydia did her part. She called every single day letting us know everything that was going on with the child. When the child's hair started falling out, Lydia would let us know what the child was eating, um, everything that the child was doing. Um, Lydia would let us know every single day. So at that point, um, she did all that she could getting trying to get notice to the child. Different people have seen her at the church, you know, different things where Lydia was taking, trying to get help. Lydia, at the time, Derek had a sister that was a nurse. She even had her to look at her. But none of these people that was older than Lydia could tell her, you know, to take the child immediately to the doctor. Everybody kept passing the buck to the next person until the little girl died in my sister's care. Does anybody else want to add anything to that? I believe that's, I believe that's, uh, you summed it up pretty good. Uh, like I said, like you said, uh, Lydia kept calling home because she called me every day, two or three times a day, to tell me what the condition of Beja was. I kept telling them, I told her, her to tell her husband to take that child to the doctor. And Lydia kept saying that Derek said he wasn't going to take that child to the doctor. And, uh, and, she, and, she, and he wanted her, the mother to come and get her because at the time, in most states, you have to have permission for the parent to take that child to the doctor. But in, uh, and uh, that's what Derek kept hollering. Uh, we don't have permission to take the child to the doctor, and he wasn't going to do it. Hmm. And even after Lydia kept persisting, uh, Beja kept uh, falling out. She wouldn't, she wouldn't half eat. And 
it was just, uh, uh, you know, she the child was just sick before Lydia took her. Yeah, she's trying to get her out of her care, but nobody would try to help her come get her. The parents wouldn't come get the child. Yeah, and then and then later on, we found out that the child uh, had been in a, a, a drug house with a stepsister, and the uh, and uh, the 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 they said that she had cocaine uh, in the place that. Uh, the stepsister kept taking her too, and so she kept hollering that that was her child. And mm-hmm. come to, and and then when they found out that uh, uh, Demika was not the mother, then they looked at the uh, looked at it a little bit different. But then on the other hand, the social workers were supposed to take them children out of Beja's care, all of the all of her children. Yeah, out of, care, to, but... out of Brandy's care, out of Brandy's care. Out of Brandy's care. Yeah. Yeah, out of, of Brandy's care. And they had issues to do that before Lydia even took the child down there, but Lydia didn't know that. So after all of this had occurred, they were supposed to have picked up the kids two weeks prior to Lydia taking them down there. And they kept getting calls from different people in the town trying to let them know that this kids was being neglected and abused and they needed to do something about that. Everybody in the town was calling the social workers in Kentucky, but they didn't do their part. They didn't take the child out of the home. They didn't know that the child was sick. And even after the child had got back, or not, the child didn't come back, but after the sisters and all of them, they had taken them into care, <clears throat> they had found out that the, the sister and the brother was malnutritioned. So that was more than likely most of Beja's um, problem at the time as well. How old was she at the time? Uh, who? Beja? Yeah. Two. Wow. Okay. All right. There's a gentleman that um, that spoke up uh, briefly. That and, and who are you, sir, in relationship to the child? Uh, I'm Lydia's father. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. And what I was going to say, they basically summed, summed it up pretty good. But she was just in a bad home under bad circumstances, or. Her father was doing drugs, her mother was doing drugs, and like they said, they was, they was basically neglected. All the children were, so uh, Marlene and Gladys pretty much summed the story up pretty good. So when she died in Lydia's uh, care, it all fell down to being Lydia's fault, whatever. All all that yes. happened in the past, everything, all it summed down, came down to that it was all Lydia's fault. Yep. And and where is the case right now? I know uh, he said that uh, there have been some things that have been done lately that is going to be uh, impacting the case. Uh, from from y'all's perspective, um, what has been happening with the case, and, and why is it continuing to drag along? So why why the state of Mississippi is doing what it's doing? Because at that time it was an election year, so they was just trying to get an indictment on Lydia. They didn't care about the, that the child was sick prior to Lydia getting it. They didn't even care that Lydia had the child. All they looked at was the child looked white. She had blonde hair and blue eyes and Lydia was black and they charged her with the hate crime. And they said Lydia did it. And then later on, um, they found out that even even the um, state had called me to the stand. But before they called me to the stand, they had put me back in a back room. And I was telling them that, you know, Lydia was calling every day. I was giving them uh, every detail that Lydia was saying. And they said, oh, we can't put her on the state or on the 
we can't put her on the stand because she's going to mess up our case. So you didn't testify. And so, yeah, I got to testify. The the uh, Lydia's attorney had called me at the time, and then they cross examined me. But they they said that for me to be uh, testifying for the state, it would make their case. It, it would make their case. It wouldn't make their case, basically. Who, and what they was trying to do was get a conviction. Okay, well, who was that saying that when the district attorney? There, uh, the district attorney, and there's another lawyer that was in there because I was on the state side in a room, and I heard everything they were saying through the doors. The door was cracked, and then when they realized I was listening, they shut the door. Okay, where are those people now? Are they still involved in this case? Or are they done vacated? I would say that they were. They're on. They're they are on Lydia's case file. I guarantee you, because they all showed up in court. And even though when we told Lydia, you know, when I did get on the stand and explained everything, I said there is no way Lydia would hurt this child. They said, well, you would say anything for your sister. I was like, no. If she did it, she did it. We're not that type of family. If she did it, she did it. She's gonna have to do the time for something she did, but she didn't do it. The child was sick and nobody, nobody listened or went back to do due diligence to find out that this was not Lydia's fault. Lydia just had to take the downfall of everything else that went on from the child. When she was trying to help the mother, it fell in her, it fell on her and she had to serve the time for something she did not do. Where's the mother now? The mother is in Lafayette, Indiana. Lafayette, Indiana. And let me add this. And they came down there, the uh, the mothers, that baby's parents and grandparents came down there and lied big time. Came down and did they, what? They, they told a bunch of lies. Okay, where? what is this? Lydia. What's, what's this young lady doing now, the baby's mother, real mother? We don't know. I, re- I really don't know. I don't think I know she's doing. I know she's working. That's all I know. I live in Indiana, too, but I'm not really in contact with them. Every once in a while, I may see one of the kids or hear something from them about them. But uh, I do know she's working, and that's about it. That's the only thing I know. Is anybody pursuing her in regards to this case and what is ongoing? No. Why not? And even the stepsister that we had tried to get to come and testify that she had the child, whether the mother had the child, at that time, the, the girl was um, a minor, so her mother would not allow her to go to court because she was afraid that she would have to serve the time for Beja. So the Damika's mother, Alfreda, would not allow her to testify on Lydia's behalf as far as what went on prior to getting this child. Okay, well, let me ask y'all this. Has anybody on you all side did a dossier from the time this case started what the mother was doing, what the circumstances was, her being uh, in, in a crack house or whatever she was doing with the child and having the child that with her. Has anybody did a continual follow-up on up to this up to this day? Has anybody did that? No. On, why not? No, and I do know, I, we don't know why, but I do know that the sisters and everybody just took, there was a an article written in the Mississippi paper, and it highlighted the worst case scenario of this case. I mean, the worst. And so the sisters, the brother is in prison, I believe, right now because he's stayed in and out of prison. Like the kids have been, none of them have been successful after all of this occurred. Like they wasn't successful prior to this, you know, growing up. And they, uh, Brandy's other two kids at the time, the oldest two kids was in her mother's care in Indiana. So 
Brandy only had Skylar, um, Deja, and Kiana. That's the only three she was responsible for. And D'Amika had Deja most of the time. Okay, where is the mother's children now? I know Deja's passed, but where is the other children now? Lafayette, Indiana. So they, from from what you guys are telling me, they have just put it aside that uh, Lydia killed the child, and that's all to mm-hmm. it. And then it's got, all to it. That's it. In other words, they have washed their hands up. In other words. They won't own up to their part and how the, the child, why she was in uh, a, a state of not having food and stuff and in a crack house. They ain't own up to none of that. Oh, no, absolutely not. Because ain't none of them wanting to go to jail. Well, what about absolutely the court? Not. What about the court cases of their history of that family? Why hasn't that record been revealed? Brought to bear. on Nobody this- pulled it. Nobody pulled. Okay, well, what? That, okay, but, let me ask: What? Are you, what are you all lawyers doing now? Do y'all have a lawyer? Um, I, no. Yeah, I mean, I don't, now. That's about it. Yeah, Lydia has now. Okay, y'all got to yeah. go. Beyond, y'all got to go beyond Nab. Okay, we media. Yeah. I, well, I'm media. But NAB is going to bring the cases to media attention. And I blast them with that. I, I did an interview with, with uh, uh, Lydia a couple of years back. Okay, right now, you all need a lawyer to start digging and bringing this stuff all together. Because if nobody does anything, ain't nothing going to happen. Just the fact well, that we keep talking about it is not going to make anything happen. Right. Uh, right now, uh, Brother Howard, we do have a case in federal, back in federal court, and federal court to start with. And uh, our staff attorney, Mark Kelsey, is uh, the one that's exa- he's a uh, case examiner for for now. Uh, Mark Kelsey is a federal judge out of uh, North Carolina. He's uh, the one that's uh, uh, doing the federal hate force, and he's also doing a lot of investigations pro bono uh, because this has been a burden on the family, and we've been working uh, consistently with the family to get this case where it is now. Um, the subpoenas uh, that has to go out. Uh, we're working on getting those subpoenas out, and we're getting ready to. Uh, I talked to Mark the other day. He's getting ready to send subpoenas to everyone that's the was involved and that is involved now. Uh, subpoenas are going out to everyone that was involved and 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 who's involved now with this case. Just to give you an update, uh, brother Freddie. Okay, well, well, can we bring that attorney? The ones that getting the uh, habeas corpus and all that stuff ready, can we bring him on at some time to interview him about yeah, well, the status? I was hoping I, was hoping I could have got Mark this morning, but he got a federal case, uh, and believe it or not, in Alabama this morning, Mobile, and he wasn't able to come on. But uh, uh, he has said that he's on, he's on our website, too. He has said that any time that you all need him to come on, no problem. He just uh, tied up a lot of federal cases right now. and uh, But he will, you know, make the time uh, to talk to us in, in the future. Okay, well then, I, can you give me his telephone number? Sure. Uh, let me go back to my notes now. Hold on one second. Okay, well, take your time. But look, we need to, it, to make, get something going. We need the person that's putting all the information together to bring that to the 
to the ten- did the family are you all aware of what that attorney is doing about this case? Family uh, members. They they let us know. They let us know, you know, what's going on with the case and where we stand with the case, but I do know that um Lydia had several attorneys prior well two attorneys that I know of prior to this. The first attorney that she had uh, we didn't know that we, she was supposed to have more for a capital uh, murder case. This guy said that he had the lady that was working with him was like his assistant or whatever. The the the, the attorney that we had was insufficient counsel. This this case was crazy. It, it was it was crazy. When you so walk it, into it, the courtroom, it was more like uh, all the uh, black people were on one side of the courtroom, all the white people were on the other side of the courtroom. This is Mississippi, and they was they did not care about anything other than uh, believing the mother at the time. And the mother really didn't have any a lot to do with this child. Okay. All right. Um, it seems that um, from my perspective, uh, from observing, and I, I did the interview with you guys a couple of years ago, it seems to me that it's still standing in the same place as it was a couple of years ago. Um, now, as to say, is that NAB's fault? Or is that uh, the family's fault for the attorney retainer or whatever? But there is nothing happening on the case, it appears to me, from this interview. Um, this is what our second interview over, over a period of time. And I think right now, so far as you all's family, that attorney, either, either if y'all don't have the resources to, 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 to bring him forward or whatever it is, y'all need to find the resources because if you expect to get Lydia out of there, she's going to stay there. And, and from the, the, all the situation involving her health, she may not come out of there at all. Y'all need to act prompto to begin to do something so forth, getting Lydia out there, bringing that case back to uh, before the courts. That's, I, I, I may be yeah, preaching that's what to we're the choir. Trying to find the resources and everything. Well, and that's, that's, why what, uh, that's what Dr. Carvey and them are doing. That's what they are doing. Right, right. Mark, Mark Kelsey, mm-hmm. uh, federal attorney, uh, Brother Howard, if that's the one that's actually bringing this to the forefront and doing all the work right now, you know, and uh, I, I think he's doing a, a job, a pretty good job. And the, the problem is this right here. When you're dealing with the state of Mississippi, it's not easy in the, in the penal system, uh-huh. period. It, it's been like tooth and nail just to get to where we are now. You know, I had to corner uh, this Mark, uh, attorney, Mark Kelsey, in D.C. I met him with him in D.C. Mark Kelsey, this has been over uh, six months ago. I said, Mark, I said, look, I have cases that I know you can handle and get in front of the, um, and get in front of the judge. Will he said, "I know your reputation as a uh, federal attorney. I know that you work with uh, as a human rights and civil rights attorney. I need your support." That's how Mark came on the picture to start with, and seeing the need of the people that's suffering behind the walls that's falsely accused. Uh, the 2254 federal habeas corpus is in court right now on behalf of Lydia Berry. Now, where we are now with the whole situation and where we need to go is that we're waiting on a, all the subpoenas to be served and a new hearing date 
set for Lydia Berry. Okay. Now, just to give an update. Now, that's where we are. That's what's being worked on by Mark. I talked to Mark. Uh, uh, what, 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 what's the day's date? I forget the day's date. It's a holiday now. I talked to Mark on Monday, and Mark assured me that uh, he's doing his team and his team are doing everything they can to bring this case to uh, the forefront. Uh, it, when you talk about going from court to court, system to system, and and and, and uh, from the doctrine of law that in uh, class, and even some of our professors at uh, Post University told me, he said, McCorvey, he said, this case right here should be a landmark case once Mark get a hold of it. They know Mark Kelsey. Everybody know Mark Kelsey in the federal system. So, so what we're trying to do is uh, culminate, bring all these resources. Uh, uh, well, help Mark needs, you know, uh, our even our own investigators have been pushing, trying to get uh, this case to where it is now, you know, and I thank God for the, our investigators as William Monroe, Daniel, Ro- Danielle Roberts, you know, Rhonda um, out of uh, Boston, all of these attorneys and everybody, we have been really pushing to get this case to where it is now. And they're going. We're going to see the uh, uh, Lydia Berry exit this prison system because of work with the work that has already been done and put in place. Okay, great, great. Um, did you uh, did you find, come up with Mark's uh, telephone number? Uh, I've, I've been on the interview. I'm sorry, I got okay. three lines okay, called, okay, okay, uh, okay. Freddie, and I can't call him right now because if I do, I'm gonna cut somebody off. All right, I got okay. all my lines are tied up. All right. I can't okay. go on my phone right now. All right. Okay. All right. Um, is uh, Miss Barry gonna come on this morning? Lydia, uh, the system supposed have brought her to the phone again. We're dealing with Mississippi. They, I had a talk. I had a. Uh, I sent them an email. And I had a talk with uh, the uh, her Clay case manager on yesterday. She assured me that she would have Lydia on the phone at 10 a.m. Central Time. Okay. So uh, I don't know what happened to that. Um, and uh, I will give them a call after this interview is over to find out what happened to uh, bringing Miss Lydia to the phone this morning. Okay. Uh, the family know as well as I know that it's not easy dealing with the system <clears throat> that's there in Mississippi. Okay. Uh-uh. Uh, it was horrible. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, it was the, it was the worst time in our it has been the worst 19 years of our life basically. I, I can imagine. They're just dealing with uh, the state of Mississippi period. You know, uh-huh. has been horrific. You know, and it's not easy. You know, okay. and uh, they they do everything in the opposite direction of what we're trying to accomplish. You know, so uh, I don't get on the phone when I call these people. Uh, they want to talk about the weather, the news and what's going on in, in South Africa. Uh, and I said, no, no, ma'am, I'm here to talk about this particular case right here. Can you get them uh, Lydia on the phone today? This is very important. She said, well, I can schedule for tomorrow at 10 a.m. I said, that's good enough. Tomorrow, 10 a.m., Central Time. Okay, let me... So, yeah. Let me ask you this. Mississippi. (laughs) It's a whole different animal. Yeah, okay, now... And not... I know there's something that I forgot. Not only... Not only was Lydia 
trying to help take care of Beja. She was pregnant at the time. So Lydia basically gave up raising her child because she helped somebody else's child. Mm-hmm. So her child just graduated from high school. Lydia not, did not get to be a part of any of this child's raising because her, her of her good heart and trying to help somebody else get their daughter out of uh, being molested. And she did look at Derek that night. It was like, if this was your child, what would you want done? Wouldn't you want somebody to reach out and help them? Mm-hmm. Okay, now, if you guys w- would begin to um, bring pressure toward the uh, the the Greenwood um, um, penal system there in Mississippi, they would begin to turn a, a whole negative uh, tone and re- show enough shut you all out, right? So forth, talking to Lydia and getting Lydia to the fore. Correct. Well, this is the thing here. Uh, we don't want to shut us out, but hey, uh, Mississippi is Mississippi. We're going to do everything we can to uh, uh, be inclusive in that situation, even if I have to get some friends of mine from the Department of Justice uh, to step in, which I am. But uh, uh, we're going to see how this uh, work out for Lydia. I-, I have good vibes right now that everything's going to work out for her on her behalf, and uh, we're going to keep on pulling for Lydia. Okay, mm-hmm. can, I, can I add this? Mm-hmm. Can we, in the next interview concerning Lydia, even if we don't get Lydia on the phone, get the attorneys that are working on this case to give us an up-to-date status on the subpoenas that are being sent out on exactly what is being done. Absolutely. That's, that's not a problem, Brother Freddie. Uh, matter of fact, uh, soon, soon as we finish today, I will have all that information over to you uh, so we can uh, keep the ball rolling for Lydia. You know, uh, we, we've, we've done several things on the air, as you said in the past, for Lydia. We want to bring this case back to the forefront because she's still incarcerated for nothing. And uh, for nothing. that's why we're bringing it back. You know, uh, we, we, we need Lydia free. You know, we, leave, we, leave, we need Lydia free today. You know, and we're fighting with tooth and nail uh, that uh, uh, judicial system, uh, criminal justice reform, and uh, all the uh, programs that need to be in place for people like Lydia that that's incarcerated for nothing, for no reason. Does that, that stand in all of justice being served? And and justice has not been served in this situation. Not in this we're, case. we're not going to let it die. We're going to keep up the battle uh, for Lydia because this is just something. This is just a tidbit uh, of, of the injustice that goes on in this country. Okay. Uh one other question, guys. Um, when can we continue um, with the family and Dr. McCarver? When can we do a next session when you pull all of your uh, items together, Dr. McCarver? When you reckon we could do another session on Lydia's case? Uh, if the family is okay, can we do something? Well, I, I, you know, everybody's working. They had a little uh, break for the holiday and everything. Can we do something, uh, Freddie, in the evening time that we can get all the family members together? Yeah, you you go ahead and pull your resources together first. Uh, okay. Your attorneys and stuff like that. And and, and you can call me. Uh, once you get your stuff together, then we can move toward uh, bringing the family in whether at, that, in, in, at the nighttime. So, that uh, sounds good. I like that a lot. 
and uh, I believe we'll be able to get Lydia on the phone with us then too. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Brother Howard. To all the family members, I um, I have uh, spent time in prison, but as a correction officer here in Alabama, and I do know the ins and outs of what be going on. But uh, what I've found out is that once you get a lawyer, unless you stay on top of him with both feet and both hands and what everything else you got, your case going to drag and drag and drag and drag because – he, he he like that lawyer probably just wherever the money is that's where he's at but mm-hmm. y'all 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 continue to press forward and i and i look forward to the next session and, and if, if there anything you guys like to add uh, in this session right here this session is being recorded we're not live on the internet but it's being recorded to be aired on the internet because down here in alabama we catching hell with the internet. We've been catching hell for the last 10, 12 days. And they're not scheduled to come out to, to, to for our studio in my home here until the 17th. And, and it's a whole lot of folks pissed off as hell. I'm just being real. But what, how do you, is there anything y'all like to add while we're still here today? No, we just want Lydia home. We want her, she done gave up enough of her life for something she didn't do. Right. Okay. Yeah, we just, we just want her home. All right. At this point, and, and, and we're prayfully that she'd be able to reconnect with her daughter again, and she'll have a better life after this is over with. Mm -hmm. But we're still praying, and we know the Lord is going to do the delivery. You just have to keep the faith. Keep the faith. And keep. hold on. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lydia's, that um, was keeping uh, Daisy. What is the relationship between Lydia and Daisy's mother? There ain't none. Hmm. She was a sister, a daughter, and a sister in law. Yeah, okay. it was her sister in law, but yeah. Wow. And she working out just as if nothing happened. Yep. Yeah. Oh. She went on with her life. Mm. And her child did. And she then left it all on, on, on Lydia's doorstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right, guys, I appreciate it. I, this, I see what y'all are saying to me so far as an atrocious case and sorriness in legal system. All right. Okay, Dr. McCorvey. This is hard. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Brother Howard. Uh, I want to thank uh, Brother Fred Howard, who's with House Gospel Radio, and he's also the public relations director for the National Association of Black Defenders. Uh, we want to thank you very much for uh, the family for being with us this morning. I know that uh, it takes a lot to uh, reminisce and go over uh, the past, the past hurt, the past pain, and everything that has gone on in this case. Uh, but we're here standing tall with the family. Uh, I'm going to uh, continue to stand with the family. Me, Mark, uh, Danielle, we all, the whole team is going to continue to stand with the family. We're here for the family uh, to see Lydia's freedom. Uh, we want to be able to at the exit door when she uh, exits the prison. So uh, we're going to be there with her and standing by her. 
God bless you all. Okay, Dr. McCorvey, um, uh, either you or somebody in the family or me, um, the choice is the families, somebody leave us with prayer. Okay, Ms. Gladys, will you close out with prayer this morning? All right, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to help us this day. Lord, did you see what we're trying to do, oh God? We ask you, Lord Jesus, just to bless us, oh God. Go before us, oh God, and open up the doors, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, because you're the only one that can open up the doors and to shut the ones that need to be shut. Yes, oh, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to watch the, over the whole team, oh God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus, just to bless us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless us this day, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Jesus, cover us all, Lord Jesus, with our blood. Lord, yes, we're going to give you the praise, yes, Lord Jesus, God. for the victory, Lord Jesus. Break you're down the yes, Lord Jesus. Our lives, Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we just thank you right now, Lord Jesus. In the name Lord, of Jesus. Lord, we appreciate Hallelujah. you, Lord Jesus, for being God and God all by yourself. Yes, Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Yes. Amen. 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 God bless you now. Amen. Thank y'all family Amen. for taking the time. God bless you. Okay. Awesome. Okay, uh, Dr. McCorvey, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, download and upload this and get it ready for distribution, and then we uh, get ready for the next case. Okay. Thank you, Brother Howard. And family, our prayers are with you, and I'll be talking to you later on this week. All right. Thank you. Thank you all for taking the time. Thank you. Love y'all. All right. All right. Okay, Dr. McCarver, I'm going to go ahead and uh, upload and get it ready for distribution. You've been listening to House Super Duck and Gospel Internet Radio from the National Association of Black Defenders out of Washington, D.C. We've been dealing with a case of Lydia Berry. Uh, serving a life sentence uh, for murder of a, a young two-year-old child whom they said that it died in her custody and it was her fault. But uh, in talking to the family and other information that is being made available, the child was already in critical uh, dying situation from starvation, from, from what uh, her previous life was with her uh, a mother as well as uh whatever else was happening in the life of the possible uh, abuse by others. And it was is not the fault of Lydia. When Lydia got it, she was already dying. On behalf of us here at House Seabrook and Gospel, Blog Talk Radio, we'll see you next time on House Seabrook and Gospel, Internet Radio. <laughs>